Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Michael Branville, and as always, joined by Jay Gilbert. How are you doing this morning, Jay? I'm doing great, Michael. Thank you. Got your power back? Yep, got my power back on. I mean, you are crippled without your internet and your power. I was sitting in a Starbucks parking lot, and then I had to do a live stream yesterday um, on Facebook with uh, Symphonic, with Randall Foster. I found a WeWork place it was 30 miles away raced down there fantastic facility very yeah. you know private lots of empty offices lots of places where you could be socially distanced had great bandwidth and free coffee and uh, i'm sold on we work yeah there, there's another one that i've used um regus r-e-g-u-s they've got a facility like five minutes away from here that same I kind of thing office same, space same, same, yep, and office space I'll you can rent out. it by the hour by the day by the month um kitchen you facilities know, everything you know what it reminded me of is i like to use the admiral's club or you know any airport uh, club when i'm yeah. traveling and i just love just being away from the noise and having a nice meal broadband and you can just sit on a nice chair and relax that's what it reminded me because they had all these common areas and again because of covid there weren't a lot of people there and the few people that were there were definitely distanced um but when this kind of blows over i can see spending a little bit more time in those types of uh offices just to yeah I, I i think covid's gonna be a boom for those kind of businesses i mean i don't know if you saw but was it yesterday the day before salesforce basically announced permanently their work staff can work remotely permanently yeah. you don't have you know they, they they kind of broke it down into categories where you can come in one to three days a week, depending on conference calls and meetings, um, or you can work completely remotely. And then there was kind of a hybrid in there as well. But I love that. You know, basically they're like, we don't need a 60 story office tower filled with people anymore. Right. Now you go to an office in a non-COVID world, um, which is fine. I work out of my house and have for about the last seven years. And I love having this office. It's the best office I've ever had. It's got everything I need, but there's nothing like getting on a plane. There's nothing like going to some uh, other person's office and, you know, having that social thing and breaking bread and, and, you know, being on their turf and having meetings. And I really miss kind of that atmosphere. And yesterday was the first time I had my laptop open, like, in some place other than my place, right? In yep. a year. So I'm sitting there and it was just, it was kind of cool. It was kind of neat. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so before we get into uh, this week's topic, quick shout out to Hypebot and Bands in Town. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bruce. Um, and uh, sponsors, bandzoogle.com. Built by musicians for musicians, Banzoogle is an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a beautiful website and EPK for your music. Banzoogle powers the websites for tens of thousands of musicians around the world, from weekend warriors to Grammy winners. All the features you need for a professional website are already built in, including hosting and a custom domain name. Dozens of fully customizable design templates, tools to sell your music and merch commission-free commission-free crowdfunding and fan subscription features. I should mention as a quick aside, um, I had a client that did a crowd successful crowdfunding campaign on Banzoogle. 
uh, she awesome. was able to raise money to fund her new new album using Banzoogle, yeah. commission awesome. free people. Um, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send newsletters, social media integrations, and amazing live tech support from your musician friendly team seven days a week. So head over to banzoogle.com, register, try it for free for 30 days. And use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY and you will get 15% off the first year of any subscription. And of course, DiscMakers.com. We know it's a digital world, but there's still an important role for physical media for today's independent musician. Digital royalty payments are so small that selling products like CD, vinyl, t-shirts online and at gigs has become an important income generator. For every CD you sell online or at a gig, you might need roughly 3,000 streams to make the same amount of money, and that's a lot of streams. Our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your discs and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even T-shirts. I can't imagine a band this day and age that isn't selling T-shirts. If you're not selling a T-shirt, you're missing the boat. Yeah. Um, head over money to Disc. On the table. Yeah, it is. Head over to discmakers.com, place an order for a hundred or more CDs, check out using the code FREEBIZ and save up to $150 in shipping costs. Build a stunning band website in minutes with Banzoogle. Go to banzoogle.com to start your free 30-day trial and use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. This is another one of those uh, episodes where we're flying by the seat of our pants. Our <laughs> guest, who we will definitely reschedule, yeah, had a, family, a good one. family emergency come up, so we're flying solo here. Um, the show must go on. show must go on. So I think let's, let's, let's talk like some current current news and the first thing that came to my mind which i actually shared this morning on facebook read it yesterday and a lot of people would see the headline and think praise the lord hallelujah this is what we're waiting for yeah. governor cuomo announces that in new york end of this month arenas and stadiums can reopen but that's the headline add, that's the headline. That's why everybody's like, yes, I'm going to see. And they're forwarding that to friends yes. already. And then, you know. As I posted, though, I said, read the fine print. Or they can read the article. <laughs> at 10% capacity. So basically, an arena of 15,000 people, yeah. 1,500 people. A stadium of 40,000 4,000 people. That's so, less, right? Yeah. It's a lot less. So now, have you ever seen that? Like we've all been to shows that maybe were not uh, full, but a half filled arena looks completely like a ghost town. Can you imagine? It would just look like sound check. Yeah, you know, it really would. Well, well, and, and here's, here's, what I, I explained to a couple people, they can, they literally cancel tours when they're only selling a thousand tickets into an arena. And we don't need to name artists because we could all name them over the decades here. 
it's happened. Probably any of our favorite artists have had yeah. that down point where that's right. Arenas are less than half full. They're curtaining off the top. They move the stage halfway out and it's still empty. They cancel tours when there's only a thousand people yeah. or four, even 4,000 people in an arena, they will cancel the tour, not 4,000 people in a stadium that can hold 40,000 people. So, right. so here, my, you know, my, my take on this is it's great news for sporting events is basically all that is sporting events can now bring in audience, but here's the thing. Sporting events probably make, and I'm just guessing, the majority of their revenue is coming from TV deals. I'm guessing. I mean, I'm not saying that ticket sales aren't significant, but the money that's guaranteed by a TV broadcast of a sporting sports, for professional sure. sports is huge. That's why they, I mean, frankly, that's why we've been able to watch sports now is because they had those guaranteed contracts. Yeah, that's right. There's no guaranteed contract like that when it comes to your favorite artist on tour in an arena. They make their money, ticket sales, merch sales, concession sales. And every one of those is completely dependent upon how many people you put into the building. Yeah. If you don't put a lot of people in, you're not selling a lot of beer. You're not selling a lot of parking. You're not selling a lot of t-shirts and you're yeah. definitely not selling a lot of tickets. Everybody yeah. takes a bath when it comes yeah, to And it. typically the promoter is the one who's putting up the uh, money, the money and has the risk, be, but they know how to do the math and they know how the, these things go and the history and all of that. But there's also fixed costs. The venue has a staff, you know. Turning the lights on costs the same, whether yeah. there's 10,000 people or a, a big arena. People. Yep. Yeah, that's not nothing. Turning and on then, the beer taps, the refrigerators, yeah, the and, freezers. And, and the parking, the people that do all of that. So there are fixed costs involved. And the thing that when, when we were talking about this, the thing that jumped into my head was, well, wait a second, if it's that low, <clears throat> how is anyone going to make a profit? Because there's some of these shows that are way more than half full and aren't profitable. How can something with 10% generate enough revenue? Because there are extra costs, right? Who is going to make sure that those restrooms are sanitized and that the, you know, the handles on everything are kept clean and who, who's and paying for all safe. of the, the, the thermometers to check your temperature walking in, or if you're going to do rapid testing at the, at the venue, yeah. or somebody's going to have to be hired to verify you got a negative test within the last, there's, there's a lot of new costs and you're right. I mean, when it comes to music, I just don't see there's any way this is going to change anything. It's a feel good story. It makes you feel like there's light at the end of the tunnel. It's a headline. It's a headline. And, and again, I, I see it as more beneficial for sporting events, professional sporting events, which have guaranteed revenue from another source that isn't dependent upon how many butts are in the seat. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. So, you know, you're not going to see the Rolling Stones ramping up their tour and going to New York City and playing a stadium 
to 4,000 people. I mean, again, think of the costs of stadium tour. You're bringing your entire staging with you. Incredibly large stage, lots of sound, lots of lights, much bigger crew than is needed for an arena. Everything is justifiably, it's a stadium scaled larger. Mm -hmm. How can you, how can you, be profitable yeah if, if you're playing to four thousand people in in a stadium yeah and that's one city so this isn't a tour you're not going to go from new york to philadelphia to chicago these other cities aren't there yet so and even if every city in the country was at 10 percent, that still would be such a challenge to even break break even on the travel and the hotels and all the things that you have to do to get that uh, show on the road, so to speak. I mean, right? and, and, and let's just look at the, 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 the visuals. What would a stadium show, it would be disappointing to, to see it and to be the artist, stand on this stage in this huge stadium, and there's only 4,000 people out there. Yeah. Or, I mean, or an arena, right? Or an like arena Madison with a square garden with, with a thousand hundred. Yeah. yeah. I mean, seriously, I mean, at some point the artists would say, I'm not doing this. This it is, it would look this, like a rehearsal. It, and the it other looks thing like, the, it looks like a failure. You know, when you talk to artists, one of the struggles that they have with live streaming, and there's some ways around this, but one of the struggles is you end a song and it's silence. Yeah. And Sometimes it's an artist in their front room with their cat walking in front of the camera or whatever. That's not that heart pounding adrenaline when the lights go down concert experience. It's just not. So, and I think kiss, this was a challenge for them when they did the Dubai show. Yeah. What we talked about, you know, because they're in this massive stage, everything's rocking and, and there was some audience there, you know, on the balconies of the hotel and scattered around. But really, it was kind of like a, a sound check or a dress rehearsal. Dress rehearsal. And, it, and they had said in the press that it, it was challenging for them because you feed off of the crowd. Your energy, your, your performance varies night to night with that give and take relationship and that energy from the crowd. And if you've got 10% of an audience there, you're not going to get that adrenaline. You're not going to get that applause. You're not going to get that volume, that energy that you would get from a, a standard crowd. Yeah. I mean, so I, you know, I think the, the takeaway is just because they're opening yeah, doesn't mean the business is going to come. You know, these, these tours are, are scheduled so far in advance and they're highly, you know, the, the, the accounting and the finances to, to justify them and make them, make them successful. Uh, You know, they're going to sit back and go, we're we're not even considering this. How could you even consider that, you know, from a tour now, somebody, somebody's like, well, sure, but small, this doesn't apply to smaller venues and you're hundred percent right. You know, the five, 5,000 seat theater, but they still have social distancing of often 25% capacity. Yeah. Now, you know, productions and costs are less at that level. So maybe you can start breaking even, but even there, 25% in 5,000, it's, 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 it's tough. 
It's going to be yeah. tough for somebody to sit here and go, I'm going to mount a six week tour of the U S playing to 25% capacity. Mm. Yeah. You well, know? Let me ask you this, Michael, would you feel comfortable just you personally, if, you know, some bands were rolling through the, the Bay area, do you feel comfortable yet going into a crowd? Not yet. Not until I get I mean, a vaccine. I don't. Not until I get a vaccine will I go into large, large crowds like that. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I'm I'm just, you know, pounding the pavement waiting for my word to come in that I can get the vaccine, which I'll, hopefully I'm in the group that can get it next month. You know, my my mom can sign up for hers now. My dad's already gotten it. I've got friends who have gotten it already. Yep. You know, they've all expressed that just getting that shot makes you feel so relaxed and so sure, happy just, and so yeah, at ease just, and so peace. So, yeah, mentally. I'm not I'm, I'm not going anywhere with forty thousand people unless I'm vaccinated. I definitely am not going to. 5,000 people. I'm not going to lunch with anybody. That's, that's it. I mean, so, you know, don't, don't read into this headline and think, yes, tours are coming back. My band is going to start playing. You got to read past the headlines and read the restrictions and then think about what that means to you. Put the emotions of performing live aside and think with a straight business head going 10%. 1500 seats arena uh, or 15,000. That means there can only put 1500 people in there. It's a well, big room. How are we making money off of that? You got the same expenses to put that show on as you would for the show for 15,000 people. The tickets are $5,000 each. Well, that's the other thing is like, do <laughs> they rate? And, and I'm sure they will try and raise ticket prices to compensate for that. But as we know, even pre-COVID, we were getting to the point where ticket prices were becoming an obstacle for mm. people. I mean, yeah, I remember 2018, I bought tickets to go see ELO over here in Oakland. And it was two tickets came to like 400 bucks. And those were nosebleed seats. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And, you know, at, at the end with parking and everything else, probably spent yeah. 600 bucks. I got to tell you, as much as I love concerts and love music and love ELO, boy, was that a hard one to justify spending yeah. 600 bucks in yeah. one night. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. It's a and lot of it's money. It's not just ELO. It's a lot of those top bands, you know, and you go to the merch table. I remember seeing Elton John at Madison Square Garden, and there was this jean jacket um, that I wanted to buy for my sister. She's a let big me, Elton let, John let, fan. Let me guess. How long ago was this? Mm, probably six years ago. Jean jacket. I'm going to guess. 250 to 300 dollars very close 350 and the shirts you know they were all like 50 60 dollars and um yeah i get that the venues take a chunk of that um some of the venues on the west coast are notorious for you know taking, taking 30 30 yeah yeah there's one uh, up north i won't name names it takes half yeah and 
So I get why they jack some of those prices up, but it was just so absurd. You know, the, the ticket prices and like you said, the parking and the dinner and getting a babysitter and all, next thing you know, you drop like a G, you know, to go no, see you're a hundred percent. Right. I mean, the parking at Oakland Coliseum for the ELO show, this shows you how often I go to major Coliseum type events was 40 bucks just to park. I was just wow. like, holy, you know, and they're taking credit cards to park because crazy you know it was so expensive i was just like 40 goddamn bucks to park i you know okay shut up grandpa but i remember buying my concert tickets when i first started going to concerts and 40 bucks got me the tickets the t-shirt a tour book and That's parking right. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so it, it is a huge investment. And if you think about it, if you're at 10%, I don't know how you can actually put on the show unless the purpose was for something else. Like, let's say. Unless you had a major sponsor. Yeah. Or you're going to, you're, it's going to be your music video that you're shooting and you want it to look great. Um, so you have all the lights and all of that. So you don't have to necessarily turn a profit. This, there's another purpose you're doing, you know, a live stream or some type of shoot, uh, involved, but at 10%, I, I don't see how a, you can be profitable, but B one show does not a tour make. And, even if that was spread out amongst other cities, stringing them together, it would just multiply your losses. Yep. I don't know what that percentage is going to be. You know, is it half? Um, is it 75%? Probably, you know, less than 75 because we've been to shows that were, you know, that did okay at 75% cap. But, but even, even there, if you're doing less than 75% or 50% capacity, you're probably being smart and scaling back significantly your production. Now we're yeah. talking big tours here. So you're bringing in less sound, less lights, less video. Instead of having four video cameras, you've got two because you don't want to spend the extra money. Yeah. You reduce maybe you don't your, pay for an opener. Yeah, you're reducing your crew size. Um, you know, maybe stage effects are much less. You're not having a video screen in the back. You're just hanging, you know, a mural behind you like the old days. Um, you know, you're going to see that. Now, you're still getting a live show, but as a fan, you're getting less for your money. Because, yeah. you know, again, you're playing to a reduced capacity and there's just not enough, as they always say, it comes down to butts in the seat. Yeah. You can't make yeah. money if you don't put butts in the seats. Yeah. And I don't see this coming back. And you and I've talked about this and we've had, you know, a doctor on the show and we'll, we need to get him back on. But the bottom line is people are saying, well, they're pulling the data, you know, with a rubber glove and a flashlight. They're like, well, tours are going to be back this time. And I think a lot of those are really optimistic. I think in order to get people vaccinated to a degree where people feel comfortable even going out again, and it's going to be that gradual trust that'll be built up over time. I don't see real kind of quote unquote regular touring, you know, until 2022. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, I think, there were 
I think the touring industry did some some polling last year when all this first started and and the basic results from the consumers were they won't go back until there's a vaccine. That's just the general consensus amongst the majority of the customers out there. They're not willing to go out until they know they and everybody in that venue have been vaccinated. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, is this a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel? Sure it is. But again, start. Don't 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 bite into that headline because, you know, I saw the headline. It's on the New York Times. And of course, in the comments, there's fans who are like, it's about time. Shows are coming back. I'm like, no, no. Yeah. Read you the know, article, not just read, the headline. Read, read, yes, read the article. And even if you read the article, you may not, un- that this is why we're talking about it. You may not understand what's really going on behind the scenes. Why 10% is, is basically a joke. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just ridiculous. You can't, you can't put a tour on and only sell 10% of your tickets. As we, as I said, at the very beginning, they literally canceled tours pre COVID <laughs> when that's what With, happens. Yeah. And more. <laughs> yes. So, so why, why, why would somebody undertake a tour selling the number of tickets that would have gotten them canceled two years ago? Yeah. 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 So, we all want concerts to come back. We're all desperate for live music again. Um, but this isn't the answer yet. And then even when they're opened up and people are vaccinated, there's also going to be a ramp up of people that are going to need to trust going out again. We haven't well, done it. for They're, they're going to have to trust and there's <laughs> still going to have to be a pure business analysis of how the costs are going to change. Not so much for, for the fans. You're just buying a ticket. You're buying a ticket. You're not incurring. You you probably wouldn't incur any additional costs as a fan, but there will be additional costs for the band, the crew, the promoters, the venue, and they've all got to work that out right now. And they're just learning what some of these costs could be. They've got to understand those costs before they plan a 60 date U.S. tour because they need to know how much is that going to impact their bottom line. So let's give it some more time. You know, again, it's nice to see, but don't don't see this as yes, tours are back this year because they're not. They're not. I agree with you. It's next year. Yeah. Um, anything else in current news that you were reading in the last week or so that you want to? Well, chew yeah, on? I mean, there's there's a lot of Spotify news and, you know, kind of the buzz right now is around Clubhouse. If you haven't seen it, it's yep. kind of a new social media app where you uh, are. It's basically based on audio. So you audio go into chat. It's an audio chat room. Yeah. And you listen to people talk and you can find some, it's not just music. Um, You can find interesting rooms um, with a lot of great topics and you can tell when your friends are coming on. And I think it's still by invitation, but once you get in, you can invite a few friends and it's, they're just scaling up right now to make sure the servers can handle everything and the software can handle everything. And 
Um, as with anything, you're going to have trolls, just like you do on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and anywhere else. Um, it's certainly not perfect. Um, but I've, I've been in some of these clubhouse chats that have been super interesting. And I like, I almost, it's like a radio station. Sometimes I'll have it on while I'm working and listening on conversations and you can chime in if you want, or you can just sit in the audience in the gallery and, and listen in. But I would encourage our listeners to go and explore it and see what they find and see if there are, um, some valuable rooms that they can get into and engage in. You can be a moderator, you can be part of a panel, you can be part of just the audience and sit back. And they have a little button there that says leave quietly if you wanna just bug out. But uh, it's in its infancy right now, but it's getting an awful lot of buzz um, in the industry. And, and just to give you guys and uh, all the listeners an indication of how much buzz it has, the news just hit yesterday that Facebook is going to build their own version of Clubhouse. Yeah. So when Facebook jumps on the bandwagon and copies something else, it's real. You know, there's something there. That's right. Now, yeah. unfortunately, we know how great Facebook is in their building of their own apps. So it might be filled with bugs, but it's definitely something to pay attention to. I mean, the, the other one, that's kind of getting a little bit of buzz is lunch club. Yeah. That's now, a, you're doing it right. I, I I've, I've done a it? half a dozen of them. I haven't done, I haven't done a call in the last week or so, yeah. but lunch, lunch club is um, think of it as, as speed networking, sort of, you go in yeah. there, you create a profile and lunch club matches you with somebody else and basically says, we think you two should get on a phone call for 30 minutes or 45 minutes. And that's it. That's, I mean, yeah. that's the extent of what this does. It finds people, matches you up, schedules the call. You guys jump on the, it's either Google, a Google hangout call, or you can move it into zoom. If you want, I hate Google hangouts. Yeah, um, and then you just talk. You know, what comes from it is up it's like to networking, you. right? It's like networking. Yeah. I like it a lot. I am. Um, I've been doing it for a few months, once a week, 45 minute, you know, video call. And I met a gentleman from the LA times uh, that was really interesting. I met a publicist from the UK um, that knew a lot about uh, digital strategy and music and it's it's networking it's a way for you to kind of learn it's a way for you to possibly work with some of these folks um maybe you can help them maybe they can help you but i find that since we can't really be sociable um because of covid this is kind of a, a nice little distraction once a week you can kind of get on and have virtual coffee with someone i've learned a lot i i highly encourage it yeah i i, I like the fact that it's not what I would say is a whole nother social network where you have to go build a profile and you have to go in there and be active every day to keep engagement going and posting updates and, and all of that sort of stuff. It's literally just a meeting place and, yeah. and lunch club, the website does all of the heavy lifting for you. I don't have to go in there every day and go, Okay, let me search for a new person. Let me find and filter through all this and, and ask if they want to meet. 
lunch club just is like, we think you're a good match with this person and they would like to have a call with you. And yeah, you look it. at their bio, they look at yours. You have a kind of a sense of uh, who they are and what they do prior. And then you get on and, you know, I do mine um, typically on Thursdays and do it once a week. And every once in a while, somebody, you know, they won't be able to make it. Um, so you can reschedule, you can reschedule it. Also. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 uh, it's a, it's a low barrier to entry, which is what I like. I mean, they make it, it easy. It, yeah. In this day and age where we're on Instagram and you're on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and TikTok and Snapchat and clubhouse you know it's sort of like oh god there's only so much time in the week and i don't have time to invest in a whole nother profile that yeah. i want to build yeah um and you know my attitude is i won't invest that time to build those profiles until i see that there's some actual life and longevity to yeah. this new network and right. as we there's know so many hours in a day 99 of these new networks come and go in the blink of an eye that's right. So lunch club is a, like I said, low barrier of entry. You don't have to invest a lot of time. It's, it took five minutes to sign up and create an, a, create an account on there and it does the rest for you. Yeah. Yeah. I recommend it. Uh, Discmakers.com use code FREEBIZ for ground shipping on CD orders of a hundred units or more, $150 value. Um, cool. okay. Anything else that's on the top? No, of I think, our, I think that's it. You know, if I can do a, a shameless plug, you know, I, sure. I put out your morning coffee every Friday, um, and we'll cover some of these stories and Michael and I certainly cover all these topics every week. Um, but it's, if you just go to yourmorning.coffee, super easy. You can sign up for the newsletter. It's free. And you can kind of stay up on some of these uh, articles and some of these topics that Michael and I talk about every week. Plenty of reading in every email. Every issue. Every issue. Comes out, what, Fridays? Yep. Friday at 5 a.m. I've been doing that thing for six years now. Um, Good for you. Yeah, I haven't missed a week. Good for you. All right. That's it. Um, of course, just another quick shout out. Thank you to Hypebot, Bands in Town, Bandzoogle, and Disc Makers for all you do to support us. If you are watching or listening on YouTube, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another episode. Uh, if you're on Spotify, follow us. If you're on iTunes, subscribe, leave a review and rating. We appreciate it. Appreciate it. And that's it. We will see everybody next week.